0: 15. Brother Izzy, you you take a seat. Don't stand. You sure? Okay, you got to keep on doing it. God touched Brother Izzy. He had surgery the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and we've been praying and trusting God, and man, he has recovered so good, and we're so glad to see him this morning. Amen. We love you, Brother Izzy. Thanks for trusting the Lord and being here. Amen. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to go to verse 50. Verse 50. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold. When you hear behold, the scripture says, look. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. I want to entitle this message this morning simply, Changed. Changed. You may be seated. If we would be honest with ourselves this morning, most of us, or dare I say all of us here today, can pinpoint things about ourselves and the things in our life That we would like to see changed. There are things in our life that we know we want to see some change take place. There are things around us that we experience that we would like to see some changes take place. And so change is something that we consider and we ponder from time to time. And we want to see them happen. You ever wonder why we desire change, but somehow can't muster up enough passion? We're not motivated enough to make these changes. We want the change to take place. We want to experience these changes, but somehow we don't muster up enough passion. We, we, we we're not motivated enough to, to Make these change, we desire for these changes to take place. We know it's necessary that these changes take place, but we just don't seem to muster up the courage, the passion the the, the drive motivation to make the change while I'm saying. What I'm saying this morning here is true about every area of our life, this change thing, every area, every situation that we must consider. While I'm, what I'm saying can, can be compared to everything that we experience in life when we talk about change, I want you to focus on change this morning according to the Word of God. Change according to the word of God. Yeah, i like for my cousins to live closer to me. <laughs> that's a change you'd like to see. Yeah, I would like to make more money on my job. Yeah, I want a nicer house. And on and on and on. And that's fine. And those are changes that we tend to see in our heart desire. And I'm not telling you to stop desiring those things, but what I am telling you is I want you to focus this morning on change according to the Word of God. <laughs> we need to begin to ponder and consider change in our life and even around us according to the Word of God. Now, One of the reasons why we don't work on the change we so desire is because sometimes we truly don't believe it will happen. You got to be honest with yourself. And so we desire change, but somehow we think about that change and then conclude that I just don't see it happening. What they say? Paralysis by analysis. Is that what they call it? You start analyzing stuff. You start looking at things. And in your mind how you can comprehend things, you say, yeah, I would like to see that, but I just don't see how. You know what's funny about that? You will look at somebody else and believe change for them more than you will believe change for yourself. How does that work in your mind? That you can look at somebody else and you can say to them, I just know that you can do this. I just know God can help you with this. I just know and you, you encourage them and you tell them, I know you can change. I, I know God can do a work in your life. I know you can overcome this and I know you can do that. We, we, we tend to tell people that and we encourage people that, I know you can change. I know you can overcome that. And when it comes to you, it's It's an unspoken thing that we do. we don't go around telling everybody,, eh, I just don't think I can change we we don't do that, but in our mind, we have convinced ourselves or has negotiated in our mind just i just i just don't think so, and so change never happened because we don't believe that it can happen for us we don't think it can happen for us we believe that the life that we've been dealt is just the life that we have and we just got to deal with it Mm. sometimes we're challenged because because the change that we need we don't like I know I'm supposed to change I know I'm supposed to do this a little differently. I know I'm supposed to act a little differently, but 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 I don't like what I have to do to change, or I don't like looking at the situation. I don't want to be that person. I like who I am, and if they don't like who I am, too bad for them. It's not good when we can clearly see, and then we say just the way that I am. God made me this way. Listen, if you came out the womb with a finger missing, with a toe missing, with a limb missing, blame that on God. And God is well able and capable of letting that limb grow back. So if you come out like that, blame that on God. But don't blame God for your character and personality. Don't blame God for your character because whatever you became is what you fed yourself. Right? And so we can't say, well, I'm just this way and this is just the way I'm going to be. No, begin to look and say, I'm this way, but that's not really the way God intended for me to be Now I've been this way for a long time, and so I kinda got comfortable being this way, and so I have now, you know, just convinced myself that it's just this just me. And God is saying, No, you have decided you're gonna embrace that, but that's not just that's not what I want for you. You embraced it, but that's not what I want for you. And so change sometimes don't take place because we have become accustomed or comfortable. We like what we are now, even if it's not what it should be. Somebody see, man, this one. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. We can believe change for our neighbor, but we find it very difficult to believe change for ourselves. Sometimes we let get what get in the way of our change is we think about our history, our background, the negative things people know about us. Those are some of the things that handicap us and prevent us from making change. Every time we look and say, I'm supposed to make a change here, we say, but you know, what can I do? Life has just always been this way, and this happened to me, and don't start saying what happened to you. A lot of stuff happened to a lot of people. Oh, yes. We can't use that as an excuse not to change. There's a lot of stuff that happened to a lot of people, and worse than what would you would consider what happened to you. So we just need to remove that part. The person in this room this morning that probably that we would consider have the worst story, someone have a worse story than yours. So we kind of just got to remove that out of the equation and stop saying, you don't understand what has happened to me, and what I've been through to, to not change. We can change according to God's word. But we have to overcome our history. We have to overcome our background. And we have to overcome the negative things that people know about us. Because sometimes we don't change because we're saying, well, they know I I did this before. Well, they know I used to be this way. Well, they know this. And they have labeled me this. Well, guess what? They can think that way. But what do your God think? Are you going to let people cause you to not change, or will you trust God to help you to change? Amen. 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 We, we we let people dictate too much about. <sighs> so here is something that I've that that I see that I just saw that concerns me, and let me communicate it to you because. This is serious. I'm watching. You know me. When I get around people, I'm a people watcher. I watch people. I watch systems. I watch operations. I watch everything. I got upset at the airport yesterday. Because I I, I watch people. I watch things. I watch systems. I'm always thinking about, you know, efficiency. It's part of who I am probably because of my work, right? And so I'm looking at all these things all the time. And so while we were on the ship, I just watched people follow people. I told my wife, I said, if I just go and stand up over here and start looking at the Christmas tree and just looking at it, I guarantee you a few people would just come and start looking at it too. I I told her, I said, I went into the gift shop on the ship and and nobody was in the gift shop. And I went in the gift shop and started looking around. For I know a couple people came in. And I said to myself, here it comes. Before I left out of the gift shop, it was a crowd. I'm watching people, and I'm saying, why are we doing this? Why do we just seem to just look for something to follow and just start following? It's almost like we don't have a mind of our own. I'm worried about us. We just follow the flow. We get caught up in the wave, and here we go. And we're not doing our own thing. We're doing what somebody else decided to do. And the person that was doing it didn't even know they were leading you. They just started straying. Not even leading on purpose. Straying. And started doing something and you started getting inquisitive. What are they doing? And then somebody saw you run over there. So somebody else running over there. Well, you know, you got a crowd. I said, what is wrong with us, Lord? We're doing that almost like just being, the Bible calls that being tossed. To and fro by the waves. We're just being tossed to and fro. And we can't make any changes because the wave has caught us up. And the wave is just moving us and moving us. And so we can't even sit down to ponder change. Because the wave is moving us here and moving us there. And making us think that, you know, okay, I need to be changed. But guess what? I I just need to keep going. And we never make changes. Change is important. It's necessary and it's essential for your future. Now here is something that you need to consider so you will know you have to make change. Philippians chapter 1 verse number 6 says this. Being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work. In you. Will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How's he going to perform that? How, how, is, how, is, how is how is he going to perform that work that he started in you if you refuse to change? Sometimes we have to look into the scripture, what it's really saying. You know, this is good scripture to run with. Oh. Being confident of this thing. That he which had begun a good work in you. And guess what we do? We relaxed on, well, if God started work in me, he going to complete it. That's true. But it always involves you. It always, so to sit back and just think, he said he started good work. You don't see it through. Okay. He probably didn't. They didn't list that part in there, but the part that you have to make sure you read into is, you're going to have to be a part of that. (laughs) It's not, the work won't just be content, God won't continue working work in you if you you don't have anything to do with it. Hmm. Listen, we mess up or we have messed up before we receive the revelation of the Word of God. We have messed up after we receive the revelation of the word of God. And so we can't allow what we have done, what mess we have created to to prevent us or stop us from moving forward and make changes. God knew the things that you would do before you did them, even before you knew about God. And he knew that even after you claim you are a child of God, that you will mess up even afterward. So you can't allow your mess to cripple you from making change. Mm -hmm. Jesus is more concerned... With the completion of a thing, as opposed to what's going on right now. We are a work in progress, and we know that God is concerned with the finished work. You and I are a work in progress, but if we don't continue to make changes in our life, God cannot complete the work he started in us, This is challenging. But we have to consider it and we have to start making challenges, making changes. This is challenging because it's easy. It's easy to go with the flow of the crowd. It's easy to keep being who you've always been. It's easy to keep doing what you've always done. But if you always do. What you always done, you will always get what you always got. So the bottom line is if we keep on just doing things the same way and never make change, what's going to happen? And let me just step on your toe just softly. You know what we use as bailout? The love of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God. You, 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 you call that, Brother Wood? That, that's what we do. So, so in order not to change, we say, well, God loves me. In order not to make change, well, God is merciful. In order not to make change, God is kind. Listen to me. That's all true. But that's why he wants you to change. <laughs> you, if you're any kind of decent parent, do you let your kids do whatever they want to do? Cause, cause you're kind? Cause you're loving? Cause you're merciful? Do, do you just say, just do whatever you want? That's, you know, I love you so much, just do whatever you want. I love you so much, just act however you want. Who does that? So when we think of God's kindness, and when we think of God's mercy, and when we think of God's love, we must understand that it still call, it, it, it still warrant us changing. It don't mean you can just be who you are and never change. Because that's always our scapegoat. Well, God loves me. I don't have to. But we forget you love your child. Are you just going to let them just. One factor that usually motivate us to change is the weight. Of value. If the reason for. Change is of great value to us. Then we are motivated enough to make the change. And we often do. If, the, if we don't think the reason is of great value, then we don't change. That's where we live in right now. We, whether we realize we're doing it or not, we, begins to, we begin to weigh the value we will receive from changing or not changing. And that's what usually causes to change. Well, let me talk about this some more since you look a little puzzled. You've heard me say this before. If you went to the doctor and the doctor said, if you don't start exercising, you will die in two months. You're going to hear that and you're going to look at the value is life. Oh, that's worth it. I better start (laughs) exercising, right? Because that's the value. Life is the value. So that will motivate you to change. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says, if you don't start exercising, you possibly could become overweight and it might make you unhealthy and blah, 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 blah. You might consider it. But there's no guarantee that you will do it because you still have life. That's how we process. And so that keeps us in a place where change don't take place because we have weighed our situation. We weighed the matter, and now we've made a determination whether we should or shouldn't change, and we don't even realize that's what we've done. Now, what I just said is scary because what it comes down to now is, If we haven't made a lot of changes, it means that we must not think the word of God is of great value to us. you going to get quiet on that one. (laughs) If we don't think the reason for change is of great value to us, then we're not motivated enough to make the change. Therefore, change usually derive from our value system. Now, the one thing about our value system, all of our value system is different. But life, this is what we have in common in our value system. All of us know life is valuable. <laughs> so no matter what you think is valuable and I think is valuable, that's different. That's nothing. But all of us believe that life is important. So that's a that's on that's a high value to all of us. So that's what we all see eye to eye. And that's why when anything is pertaining to life, we all make the change. Because all of us have agreed that life is valuable. And so our value system is what determines our change. The problem with our value system is all of our value systems are different. Depending on where you came from. Depending on how you were raised, depending on your experiences, all of those things is what established your value system in life. What you think is valuable. There's some, some, some cultures and some families that you will visit and you will say, what? They think that's valuable? And in your mind, it's not that valuable. It's not that, not really that valuable. And then there's things that you think is real valuable and others are like, it's not that big of a deal. So all of us established this value system in our life. And so the thought is, okay, if it's important, I'll make the change. If it's of high value, I'll make the change. But if it's no, not of high value, then I won't make the change. My big question for you this morning is, where did you get your value system from? How did you establish your value system? You and me. How did we establish our value system? What determined that this is very important and I need to really do something when this comes up? But that's not that real important so I don't need to do anything about that. How did you determine that? Your parents? The people that you live next door to? Some people you went to school with? People you work with? Huh? Where do you get it from? Some guy you were hanging with? The bar? Hey, I'm telling you the places that we get value system from. We we get involved with these behaviors and the kind of lifestyle we, we, we encounter... And before you know it, when I do marriage counseling, I usually ask this question. I usually say, what marriage did you see that you'd like to pattern your life after? And they get start and I said, okay. Then I walk out the room because I keep them separate. And when I ask that question, walk out of the room and go to the other person. What marriage did you see? And, you know, that you got your mar- marriage values from. And so they both explain it to me. And you come back together. Tell him what you, your thought of a good marriage is according to what you saw. Tell her, blah, 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 blah. And let him sit down and talk. And they'll see if it matches or it don't match. Because both usually come up with different kind of value systems, they both saw something different. Very, very seldom that they saw the same things. This is why, I, I, I'm not going to go down this road, but i got to mention this. This is why in some cultures, and even biblically, they make sure you marry your own kind. It's not for any other reason other than you will all have the same value system. We missed that. We just think, you know, we think other things when we think people need to marry their own kind. Your own kind has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Your own kind has nothing to do with, uh, you know, who your parents are. It has to do with, do you have the same value system? Were you raised the same way? Were you brought up in the same kind of environment? When, when, When those are the things that transpire in your life, now you can probably 50% of the way pass what you need in your marriage because y- y- you're going to all have the same kind of outlook on things. You-, you follow what I'm saying? What you think uh a-, a family should be, like for instance, go deep on you, not deep, but if if I wasn't a provider, my wife would be miserable because she grew up in a house where dad made sure all the food was in the house. That, that's, that was big in her home. Food got to be here all the time. No matter if we poor and have nothing, it better be enough food that we can eat whenever we want, what we want, how we want. So if I was a, 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 a husband and a father that didn't make sure we was always taken care of for food, she would be miserable in that area. You follow what I'm saying? This is what I'm talking about. When you come from a certain culture, when you you have the same value system, it helps a lot. If you don't have it, you're going to have to work a lot to get it established. And so your value system will determine if you're going to make change or not. I'm going somewhere. I'm not going to keep you much longer. If your value system... Did not originate from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Then your value system is flawed. Okay. Not only is it flawed, it's not worth much at all. And at some point, it will become meaningless. Your value system must originate from the almighty God, from his word. I don't know if you remember this in our teaching about who God is. But remember this. The one who knows you best. The one who knows you better than anyone else is the one that's most qualified to determine your value. Don't get scared. It's not your spouse. Don't get scared. It's not your brother or sister. The one that knows you best is the maker and creator. His name is Jesus. He knows you better than anybody else, which means he is the only one qualified to determine your value. So how can you have a value system without him? You follow what I'm saying? So he is the only one qualified to determine your value. So when you're trying to figure value out in your life, it, you I know it's, its you want to please your spouse. You you want to get their approval and you want your friends to approve you. You want people that love and care about you to tell you you're great and wonderful and you're valuable. But I'm telling you this morning, Jesus Christ, the almighty God, is the one that determines your value. And if you go to him and say, Lord, I just feel like I'm just nothing. I just feel like I can't can do nothing. I feel like life is just meaningless, and I can't accomplish anything. I don't have any friends. I don't have any place to go. I don't have anything to do. I just feel like I'm a nobody, and I'm worth nothing. If you feel that way, why don't you go tell Jesus that? Because I know He is the one that created you. He is the one that gave you your mind, and He was the one that developed you into who you are today as a person. And so he is the one that can tell you your value this is heavy your spouse can only they can tell you your value but your value to your spouse is only according to what your spouse needs from you That's tough. Didn't mean to step on anybody's toes with that one. But that's just how we are as humans. What you, what kind of meaning you bring to my life is the value. And so if you don't bring a whole lot of meaning, I'm married to you, but you're not that valuable. This is why sometimes marriage fail. Because what, what, what the meaning that you're looking for from your spouse is coming from your own Mine, Your own understanding. But what if your own understanding is not coming from God? You you see what I'm saying? Then yours is flawed. So you got two flawed people trying to determine value. We got to get it. You can't have two flawed people determine value. The only way to determine value and have a right value system that will not be flawed is to go back to the Word of God and say, God, what should value be to me? And what is value to you? And when I get that from God, that's how I need to live my life. That's how I need to establish my value system. We mess each other up because I'm looking for you to, to 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 do things that make me feel good. And because I'm looking for that when you don't make me feel good, you're not that valuable to me. You're only valuable to me when I when you're doing the things I like. That's a mess. And God is like, where did you get your value system from? Your neighbor? Your mom and dad? Who? Because all of theirs is flawed. God's value is the only one that's not flawed. His value system is the only one that's not flawed. But every one of us, our value system is flawed if it's not according to the word of God. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. It's very important to know that. We need to make sure our value system is derived from the Word of God. Listen to this. Some of you know this text, this scripture, Matthew 24 verse 35. This is heavy. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Your value system shall pass away. <laughs> Your value system will pass away. It, it, it will only serve for a little bit of time and make you miserable, make the other person miserable. Every once in a while you get a little satisfaction. But your, satis, your, your value system, if it didn't come from the word of God sooner or later, it says heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word. So if you want a value system that will last for all of this life and all of eternity, it has to come from the word of God. So when you're, when you're looking to somebody to have expectation from them, the expectation should be according to the word of God. When you look to show people who you are, it should come from the word of God because that's the true value system that we can ever establish. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to continue to hold on to your value system or are you going to make a change? Are, Are you going to continue to live by your convictions or are you going to make a change? Are you going to hold on to what you think is right, what you've always done and how you've always done it or are you going to make a change? This morning we felt like the presence of the lord was in this house here is knowledge for you the presence of the lord is always it's how you change and respond to it. oh somebody what do you think god what do you think god just says he stands outside the door Ooh, I like that song. They clapping pretty loud. Let me step on in that church service. And God just comes in because, you know, we're doing our thing. No, He's here right now. For those of us that have Him living in us, He's living in us right now. He's here right now. Has nothing. Everything consists in God and by God. He's present everywhere all at once. So he doesn't just show up when you decide, oh, uh uh, uh can you show up today? No. What happens is uh, he manifests himself when you decide, I'm going to approach him differently this morning. Uh, I'm going to worship him this morning. Uh, I'm going to praise him this morning. Uh, I'm going to clap my hands unto him this morning. Uh, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus uh, this morning. When you make a change in order to respond to God, God now will manifest. Manifest himself. He said if I be lifted up. I will draw all men. So when we lift up the name of Jesus. When we praise him. He begins to pull us closer to him. He begins to move on us. But it's all about the approach. The change. If you come to church. And you say today. Because this happens. I just need to just hear a good word. I'm just not into clapping my hands this morning. I'm not into lifting my voice. I'm not into getting sweaty. I I just want to hear something that's going to help me so I can leave, you know, inspired. I can leave with some kind of plan. That's all I need. I don't need all that stuff. Well, if that's what you come for, you might just get that. But you will not experience God's presence personally because that's not what you wanted. You see? You see how the change has something to do with how things begin to happen around you? And if we just stay the way we like to stay, there's no change. It means nothing happens. I'm going to be in a second here. Yes. <laughs> change. Here's the definition of change. To do or make something different. From what it does or is or from what it could be if left alone. The change we all need to make and continue making is to put ourself in the hand of God. I'm almost done. That might have went over your head. You hear me talk about change. The first thing you think about is, oh, man, I, I, I got to do something, you know, really good so I can get to, get, get, get God to do something. Huh. Hmm. The change we need to make every day is to do everything we can to put our hand, to put ourselves in the hands of God. Easier said than done. Sounds real good, but it's not that simple. Because if it was, we would have been doing it and we would have done a great job at it a long time ago. But putting yourself in the hands of God every single day is not an easy thing. And that requires you to continue to change all the time because things and times happen to everybody. Chances happen. Things happen. Things are always moving in our world. And every time it's moving and something is happening, how do you change to continue to keep yourself in the? hands of God. Do I go on vacation and decide I'm taking off from God now? Cause God I'm on vacation and you know, I need rest. So let me just live the way that I want. Lord, let me just act the way that I want. Cause I'm on vacation. Just let me do my thing. Lord. Some people do that. Some people do that. Some people do that. Go on vacation. And say Lord, I'm on vacation. So that means I can do whatever I want. When I come on vacation, I'm back with you. I don't want to be out of the hands of God. I don't care where I'm at. I want to be in his hands at all times. That's what I mean by it takes work to be in the hands of God every single time. Because when you wake up in this island this day and that island the next day and that island the next day and people are taking care of you, it's easy to forget about everything and just just soak it all in and say, oh, this is the life. There ain't no life without Christ. And I'm going to put myself right in the hands of God. Every day I'm working at it. I'm saying, God, I can't live without you. I can't breathe without you. I cannot do anything without you, Lord. Listen. The changes you can make to your life is minimal. Limited. But the changes God can make in our life are transformational And without limits. Let me say that again. The changes you can make to your life. Is minimal. Limited. But the changes God can make in our life. Are transformational. And without limits. So what am I saying? I'm saying. As little as the change might seem to you. It's necessary if you're going to experience a transformational change. If you're going to experience a change without limits. We always want to experience the change without limits. We always want to experience a trans- transformational change, brother Bob. But the only way we can do it is if we make little changes in our life. You don't believe me? Alright, let me take it home. Familiar passage of Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number one. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Why didn't God just talk to Jeremiah right there? We gotta, we gotta dig into the word, the scriptures, and begin to ask questions. Don't be afraid. Now you can say God loves you. Now you can say God is kind. Now you can say God is faithful, because if you will dig, God will begin to help you. Don't you worry about something that you get in the scripture. You're afraid, man, God, I'm not doing this, so I don't even want to try to investigate these scriptures, because I don't, I'm not doing, don't, don't do that to yourself. God loves you too much to try he's not trying to trick you he's not trying to make anything so difficult and hard for you that you can't accomplish it that's not what god is in- that's not his intention that's what not that's not what he's trying to do but you got to see what he's trying to do so he says arise and go down to the potter's house and i'm saying god why couldn't jeremiah just stay right where he was and you can explain to him visually he could have but he didn't <laughs> And there I will cause thee to hear my words. So I got to go to a potter's house for, you to, for me to hear your word, huh? You tell me you can't speak to me right where I'm at? Okay, Lord. Then I went down, Jeremiah smart enough. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand of the potter or was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel. You seeing this? Didn't I just get done saying? The change we need to make is put ourselves in the hand of God. <laughs> Look what it said. Here's the spotter. It says, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand. So he made it again, another vessel. You could be in the hands of God and things might not seem right. We think that when we begin to surrender and put ourselves in the hand of God, everything begins to be good. No, 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 no. God is working a work and it don't always come overnight. God is working a work and God will make sure he will see it through till the end. But you gotta make sure your responsibility will be, let me put myself in the hand of God because when I'm in his hand, that's how the work is going to get done. That's how the work is going to be completed I can't do the work on my own but what I can do is put myself in the hands of the potter yeah. he says this seemed good to him now let's not skip over that and he made another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it here's the challenge here's the challenge remember I just talked about the value system right right what God values, if you don't value it, there's a problem. So what happens a lot of times while we don't make changes, Stacy, is God value is this. But we're saying, that's not what I want. Yeah. What God wants for you may not be what you want for you. There's a conflict. There's a, there's a conflict right there. You can either decide, God, I don't like what you want, but I'm going to put myself in your hands. (laughs) I don't like what you want for my life, God, but I'm going to put myself in your hands because I trust you. I'm going to put myself in your hands because I love you. I'm going to put myself in your hands because I know whatever you want is going to be good. It's just not something I can see right now that I like. These are... This is how we got to communicate with our God. You don't have to like everything he wants to do. Your kids don't like everything you tell them. But you know what you're trying to get done in their life is for their good. What God is trying to do in your life is for your good. And you might not like it. And it's okay to say to God, I don't like how this feels, God. I don't, I don't like this, God. This, this don't feel comfortable. It's not something that I'm like, oh, this is great. No, God, but you know what? I love you. You know what? I trust you. You know what? I know you want what's good for me. And so I put myself in your hands. And I'm going to say, God, do whatsoever you want with my life. You are the potter and I am the clay. Oh, God, will you make me And mold me whatever way you choose Uh, I'm just going to make sure uh, I stay in your hands There's a scripture that says No man can pluck you out of the hands of God Uh, Guess what If we get in the hands of God The only way we come out is if we walk out But the devil can't take you out of the hands of God Uh, Only you can walk out of the hands of God You put yourself in the hands of God And you can take yourself out of the hands of God Did you know that? Why? Because God is a loving God. Come here, wife. Let me, let, let me show you something. Come here, wife. She don't even know about this. I can't help myself. I gotta do what the Spirit leave me when I'm talking. So, 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 so she's in my hands. But if I'm pulling her along with me, and she decided, try to pull away from me. And she decided to pull away. And I'm holding on, but she forcefully pull away. Because I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I'm not going to, you better get back here. Come on and get with God don't do that. That's what y'all wanting God to do to y'all. Y'all pulling away from him. And you want him to turn around and say, you better get back here. Come here and get back over here. That's what y'all want from God. And God is a gentleman. He's a lover. If he has your hand and he's just, you know, massaging your hands and doing good things for you and you decide you want to walk out, he's going to let you go. That's what we got to realize. So we can walk, we can put ourselves in the hands of God and we can take our hands out of the hand of God. We can take ourselves out of the hands of God. But if we decide to walk away, there's nothing God can do. Thank you, wife. That's what we got to realize. So if we're going to make sure that we make change so God can change us, we're going to have to put ourselves in the hands of God. Like the clay is in the potter's hand, we're going to have to put ourselves in the hands of God. Verse 4, and the vessel that even no, not that verse, verse 5, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, we can put that in, O house of whatever your name is. Whatever your name is, put put just put your name right in there. O house of Wayne. Cannot I do with you as this potter? Question mark. You see what the Lord the Lord says? He didn't say, I'm going to do. He says, Can I do with you what this potter did to the clay? Again, God being a gentleman. Are are, are you gonna put yourself in my hand so I can do what needs to be done? And he says, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Oh, house of Israel. So when you put yourself in the hands of God, God says, I'm going to take care of you and make you into the very best that you can ever be. It might not feel good. It might not always be comfortable. But I know what's best. And I'm going to make you into the very best. But you have to put yourself in the hands of the Lord. And you have to stay there. I conclude this afternoon. Here's the conclusion of this matter for this day. If we don't make ourselves pliable, submitted to the authority and power of God, He cannot make any changes in us. Listen, we regard healing as some great miracle. Let's go. We regard, you know, God's touch and. That's some great miracle. You know what's God's great miracle? When someone is saved. That's what he wants. That one day we will be saved and be safe and that we will spend eternity with him. So, if he never heals me or you or anybody, eh, could be a little disappointed. But it's not the end of the world. Because the most important thing is that we be saved, is that we be safe and sound. And so the only way to do that is to always keep ourselves in the hand of God. And so God cannot make anything out of us if we don't put our hand, put ourselves in his hands. The changes God will make in our life depends on the changes we will make in our life. Say it again. The changes God will make in Our life depends on the changes we will make in our life. So here's how it works. If you don't make the change, God will not make a change. You see how that works? And we we continue to believe God's going to do something to us. And God is saying, I will. But you have to make a change. And so God... Makes changes. Can I say this one last thing to slip it down? Slip it in here. Listen. God is almighty God. He changed not. His character, personality changed not. He's always the same. However. In order for us to have the possibility and hope to be changed. God had to transform himself. If God stayed the way he was originally, we couldn't be saved today the way we're saved. Amen. 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 I told you before, he is so amazing. I love the Lord because here's how amazing he is. I say it all the time. God never asked us to do anything that he didn't first do. So when you, when you hear the word of God or the preacher comes and say something to you, understand if it's the word of God, don't be upset. Don't be angry. Don't, don't say you're not going to make the change because God already changed so you can change. And when I say change, I don't mean God changed. Please don't get that distorted. Don't, please. The Bible says God changed not. So who he is, personality, character, that never changes but he had to change from this being that existed that that, that 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 didn't have this human humanity to be able to touch and feel our own infirmities that didn't exist and then he transformed into that he became that so now we have the opportunity to be changed so he can change us so when we change god helps us to change in a transformational way, in a limitless way. But you can't just sit back and say, well, God knows. We have to make the change. It's like today if I say to you, if you're not born again and you want to be born again, I, I want you to get born again. If you sit in your seat and you never get up, how are you going to be born again? You follow what I'm saying? So we always have to do something in order for God to do his part. And he made it that way, so we're in this together. God is not here to be our genie. He is not here to just, what do you need? Okay, here you go. What do you need? Okay, here you go. Oh, here you go. That's, that's not the way God is operating. God is saying we're in this together. You and me, us, we're in this together. I, this is not a one-sided thing. We're, we're together in this. That's what God is asking us. Changed. So I close with this scripture that I started out with. So for those of you that are watching to see, is he preaching this thing right? First Corinthians chapter 15. Preacher got to preach that way, right? And so verse number 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now it makes more sense to you from the first, when we read the first time. So here here we go. The Apostle Paul lets us know that this body, this body you and I are living in, our flesh and the blood cannot be present in heaven. This is why, yeah, sickness is a problem, but it's not a real problem. Because this body is not going to live in heaven. This, this, this body, mm-mm, not going to heaven. So as much as we like this body that we have, Ain't going to heaven. Don't even worry about it. It is not capable of being in heaven. It is not capable of making it to heaven. Can I tell you this? When that trump sounds and we gotta go to heaven, the Bible calls it this the catching away. Christian people call it the rapture. And so when this body raises up, it's gonna travel faster than the speed of light to go to heaven to be with jesus this flesh and blood will never be able to accomplish that we'll burn up the science people will tell you we'll burn up at a certain place we could never do it we'll be we wouldn't even be skeleton going up so we're going to need an incorruptible body in order to go where god wants us to go you understand that we're going to have to have an incorruptible body to get to heaven He basically said, our bodies are corrupt and there are no corruption in heaven. Your greatest challenge and struggle that you face every day is you, not Satan. The word of God, consider your body corrupt. So you're living in a corrupt body. A body that caused you to sin. A body that that, that caused you pain and hurt and all that stuff. That's what that body that you're living in caused you. And God is saying, remember in heaven there will be no more crying. Remember in heaven there will be no more pain. Remember in heaven there will be no tears. This body causes those things. So now you know this body is not going. So be encouraged even when this body is struggling and and challenging you. Don't you be discouraged. Say, Lord, I trust you and I know that this is temporary. I'll be all right at some point. And so our bodies are corrupt and it's not supposed to be in heaven. Therefore, our bodies as we know them are not allowed in heaven. Paul went on to say, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Here's a question: Who are the "we" that Paul is talking about? Stacy said, "People in the body, in, in, in the body of Christ." That's true, but how do you become a part of the body? And how do you get saved? How do you get born again? You keep on going and going and going. I'm just asking for the one word: change. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Sherry, all I'm asking for is that one word change. So if we're going to get this body, this filthy, corrupt body that can't go to heaven, if it if, if one day will change to an incorruptible body, guess what? In order to ever experience that, we're gonna have to do some changing. Now I bring you all the way back to your value system. Huh? 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 Uh. So, we'll all be changed. So, Stacey, to answer your question, every born again follower of Jesus Christ who are alive, when the trumpet sounds, they will be changed from this corruptible body into an incorruptible body. It means our bodies will be changed into an incorruptible body. Both us and those that were dead that were raised from the dead Will receive incorruptible bodies. So it said the dead in Christ. And those that are living in Christ. Our bodies will be changed. Into an incorruptible body. Now I know this sounds strange to you. For some of you. But it's the word of God. This is where my value system come from. This is where I try to establish value. And there's a lot of times where. I don't like something, but I but but I compared it to my value system, and that puts me right in check, because the value systems I have doesn't come from me, didn't come from my parents, didn't come from any neighbor or anybody. I appreciate all the people that I've been with over the years and have learned good things from. Oh yeah, Mr. Thomas learned good things from him. Good yeah. But my value system, when I got saved. I realize it must come from the word of God. Amen. So when I hear the word of God, I bounce everything that, that I think and do. I bounce it off the word of God. And so our bodies will be changed. Listen, if we don't continue to change, working daily to keep ourselves in the hands of the Lord by constantly changing according to the word of God, we will not experience this final change. Because that's what we're all striving for. Whether you're dead in the grave or you're living, we're all striving to one day inherit the kingdom of heaven. Isn't it? Isn't that what we're all striving for? Or maybe you're just striving for just a good life here on earth. You can have a good life on earth and never make it into the kingdom of God. Remember the rich man and, and Lazarus? Remember that? So the rich man had a good life. But he didn't make it to heaven. He needed a fingertip of water to cool his tongue. And I'm sure he had jugs of water before that. It isn't. Isn't. Change. That final change. Enough to motivate you. To make your change. That final change. This is why I read that text first and last. Because the question is. That final change, you're not going to allow that to cause you to make change. Remember I said I know we change based upon our values, what's valuable to us or not. And this final change should be more valuable to us than any other change or any other value, I should say. Nothing should be more valuable than that final call, that trumpet being sound. And us getting to heaven. Nothing should be more valuable than that. So, my question to you is will you change now and continue to change so this change can happen to you? Whether you're dead in the grave or alive and walking around, let's stand. When you make change, Or make changes. Different things are going to happen in your life. Remember. Your change is minimal. Compared to God's transformational change. And some of the things that you desire to be changed in your life and around you. You don't understand this right now. But I'm telling you because I've lived it. Just make your change. And the impossible will be possible. Just make your change and what you didn't think could happen will happen. There is, I feel sometimes like things are being held up, especially in, 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 in our life, in, in, in this church. I feel like for many of us, things are being held up because we refuse or we haven't made ourselves change. Because we're trying to analyze. How the change will take place. And remember what I told you. Your change is so minimal that you look at it and think, what's the big deal anyway? That change is not the significant change. Your change is not significant. The changes that the Lord will make in your life are the significant changes. So for instance, if I repent of my sins, I get baptized in his name, I begin to pray, he will fill me with his spirit. That's a significant change for the Holy Spirit to fill you. What did I do? I, I, I went and got baptized. What did I do? I repented. I asked God to forgive me of my sins. That's what I did. Repented of my sins. I went and got baptized. But the bottom line is, the significant change, he did it. He did the significant change because the Spirit of God in you is significant. I can't tell you how significant that is. But you didn't do that. All of us that had the Holy Spirit, we didn't do it. He did it. So that's a significant change. And that's so it is. As we do these little changes that we need to do constantly to keep ourselves in the hands of God, He keeps making these significant changes. The significant change that you need in your life, I don't care if it's if it's, if it's it's relationship. I don't care whatever it is. It's all in your little change that you will make. Putting yourself in the hands of God. And when you do that, you will see things change around you. And you will know, I didn't do it. I just placed myself in his hands and let him do what he wanted to do with me, and the changes just started happening. It's like a domino effect. As you make the change, he goes. Phew. But if we just keep standing and doing what we've always done and living like we've always, we, we, we just keep doing our routine thing that giving God a little here and a little there and, and we never significantly say, God, I gotta put my hand, myself in your hands. I gotta do something for you to really do something. Cause he wants to. Again, back to, he loves you so much he wants to. He, he, he's so kind he wants to. He's so gracious that he wants to. But he can't, he can't go against his own word. He can't go against his value system. And so we're looking for God to do something. God says, Oh, I want to. My hands are tied. You tied my hands. Will you untie the hands of God? Because if his hands are tied, how are you going to fit in it? Will you untie? It? And the way you untie the hands of God is just totally giving yourself and putting yourself in the hands of God and let Him do what He wants. Oh, turn that song up, there. Yes. Uh-huh. I thank God for His change. I thank God for His touch. Will somebody just gently put themselves in the hands of God? This is a different kind of service today. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit do what He wants to. Because I want to be changed. I don't want to stay in the same mundane, the same over and over, expecting for something big to happen, but it never does. But it only, it's only because I haven't decided to make some more change. Yes, I changed a little bit when I repented of my sins. Yes I changed a little bit When I got baptized in Jesus name Yes I changed a little bit When I started coming to church Yes I changed a little bit When I started treating people a little bit better But God is asking For us to change a little bit more Little by little He is saying will you change just a little bit God is calling us Individually and collectively To more changes Ah, I feel it in my soul He's calling us to make changes. He says, church, I brought you here. I brought you to this place. I brought your life to where it is. But there's so much more stored up in Jesus for you. There's so much more stored up in Christ. But you got to access it by making the change. Uh. Oh by making a change By confessing your sins to the Lord you, you, you have made that change By repenting and saying God I've sinned against you God I've neglected you God I haven't surrendered myself to you God I've lived my life the way I want to And not the way that make myself pleasing unto you So God here I am today I humble myself before you I don't care who's watching. I don't care what anybody thinks. Because to me, you are everything. You mean more to me than life. You mean more to me than breath. You mean more to me than all the silver and all the gold. You mean more to me than everything. And so I surrender myself to you, Lord. I'm going to change, Lord God. I'm not going to be fearful anymore. I'm not going to worry about what anyone else thinks, Lord God. I'm not going to be concerned about, Lord God, what people may say when I worship you. When I lift my hands to you. When I adore you. When I open my mouth and I shout. When I get on my knees and I cry unto you. When I open up my heart. When I say Jesus have your way I won't be ashamed. I won't be embarrassed I won't Lord God because you are my everything you are my everything Lord God and so Lord today I make the change I make the change Lord God to worship you I make the change Lord God to praise you I make the change Lord God to become a part of what you're doing oh I make the change Lord God to love more I've ever loved. I made the change, Lord God, to be, oh God, a blessing. To be one, Lord Jesus, that will be, oh God, oh an instrument, a conduit of Jesus Christ. I made the change today, Lord God. Oh God, to be different. Oh God, I know I can't do it all at once. But I will do it little by little, Lord. I know you will help me, Lord God. I change my walk today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I changed my talk today. Oh, I hear I hear something. God just told me. And when you make the change, you're going to be challenged to stay changed. You're going to make the change. And suddenly, the enemy is going to come after you. He's going to try to get you to go back to what you used to do. But God wants you to know He's warning you. Don't you worry about the challenge. Don't you worry about the challenge uh, don't you worry about it uh, when you make the change uh, just keep on coming uh, don't, don't, don't you let anything discourage you uh, don't you let anything stop you uh, oh in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus uh, yeah, yeah 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 so we we, we, we we have not made the change because we got concerned people got us out of our game people get us frustrated people start to start, start talking bad about us and start telling us uh, negative things and start to try to discourage us. But God is here to tell you today, Church of the Living God, when you make the change and they try to discourage you, don't you do anything but be bold and stand and say, God, this is hard. I hear just just say to God God is hard I, I've made the change but everything is coming at me to try to push me back to where I came from but God I'm asking you today to strengthen me I'm asking you, you today Lord God to give me the fortitude to, to keep pressing forward uh, oh hallelujah somebody change is warranted right now God is calling you to change. He wouldn't ask you to change today if he didn't think it was important. God wouldn't ask you to change today if he didn't think it was important. God knows everything. And if he says it's time to change, it's time to change. It's time to change. It's time to change. change. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we stand before you today, we are so grateful and thankful today that you're still speaking to us. Lord, there was a time of 400 silent years that we read about in the scriptures. And Lord, we've been so blessed. We've been so fortunate that you haven't gone silent on us. And so Lord, I thank you today for speaking to us and telling us that change is warranted even now. And Lord God, we hold true and we hold fast to your word today. Let every word that was spoken into our hearing continue to echo throughout our heart and mind throughout this day tomorrow and then throughout the week Lord God. Let the words of God reverberate. Let it echo and shake us throughout our week Lord God. And when we come back together again on Thursday Lord. Oh Father the word of God will be still working in us. The change will be still evident. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost that change will be Permanent. That change, oh God, will be consistent. That change, Lord God, oh Father, will take us over, and we will stand true to it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, Thursday. Here's a challenge. I'm giving you a challenge. See if you want to change, Thursday.